This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the True Beauty Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. Let's jump in. <laughs> Fatties, today I'm really excited for this episode because we are still talking about intrinsic aging, but as promised, here is a conversation with one of my new friends, Mitch McCann. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation because Mitch is the owner of my new favorite bar and he and I just became friends because I became a bar rat while I was waiting to hear back from Fordham for my school, for grad school. And we just started talking and, you know, I think that we are honestly kindred souls because we've been going through a very similar healing journey and we got to talking about spirituality and life and love and I invited him onto the show because we are about the same age. Mitch is, I think he just turned 40. I'm in my late 30s. I'm 37. And you guys know that I'm pro-aging. And I just want to share all of the different ways that aging looks, right? And so this is a really interesting conversation, I think, because we're going to discuss, you know, what it's like to transition through heartbreak to start your life anew, as I did, and also how to love differently, how to look at love and relationships in ways that maybe you hadn't imagined before. Maybe you have heard of these different types of relationships like I had, but didn't really understand, you know, why people would choose to do something like be in an open relationship. And I just think that this is really awesome because the goal with this episode is to show how one of the beautiful things about aging and about getting older is about having different experiences and having things change the way you think completely. And that really comes most most of the time with age. You know, there's a lot of wise young people out there and, and a lot of people who unfortunately have or fortunately have had to go through, you know, major life struggles at a young age. But for the most part, I think this is something that we're all going to go through grief, love, heartbreak at one point or another. But, you know, I think the really beautiful thing about being a woman today and about getting older is that we have so much time. You know, when I left my last relationship, I was excited because I got to, I get to do that again. <laughs> like I get to have a whole nother 
great love of my life. And that's because we have all of these incredible opportunities as women to have agency and to have our lives look the way we want them to. Um, I say as women because there's a biological difference there in terms of if we choose to have children, if we don't, but even that these days science is figuring out. So listen to my fun conversation with my new dear friend, Mitch, who really opened my eyes to what love can look like in different ways. Enjoy, guys. So to start, will you introduce yourself by saying your name and however you'd like the world to know you? Uh, My name is Mitch McCann. I live in New York City. I am an artist. I am a entrepreneur. I am a sweetheart. I am uh, an empath and a spiritual a person going through a spiritual awakening at the moment. I am divorced. Um, I am a, a learner of love. I am queer. I am awesome. You are awesome. No, you're incredible. Mitch and I met because you're the owner of one of my favorite bars. And I just kept coming (laughs) like every day and sitting in the same seat. And finally, he started, you know, opened up and started speaking with me. And it's funny, I was telling people, I was like, I go there because nobody bothers me. And I don't give like open, open vibes. But you Mm -hmm. saw right through that. And we developed, I think, like a fun friendship. Oh, yeah. And you sat in the same seat that like, as I was constructing the space as a cancer who loves to nest, I tried to build it in a way where, cause I love nightlife, but like, I'm also, I'm open, but I'm also, I'm an, like an introverted extrovert. So I love to find those little nooks where you can still be a part of the party, but you kind of have your own little safe space to do that and to like observe. And you, you went right for the spot that I knew I would sit in. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's, that's where I look for my people. So, I love that. Yeah. You don't know this, but I used to be a bartender in the uh, 2010s years ago. And so I think that that's also why I knew what where the spot was, <laughs> you know, to nest. But I invited you onto the show because I'm having my intrinsic aging series. And as my listeners know, I'm pro-aging. I'm trying to change the dialogue around aging, especially for women, especially for, I mean, for everybody. This show is really a show where we celebrate women, minorities, queer folk. And I love to just invite these voices on that I think have a really unique perspective on life and just to have good conversations. And I know that you just went through a ton. Yeah. So if you don't mind, tell the world. (laughs) And I didn't say my age, actually, because that's probably important for this. Fair. <laughs> I'm 41, 41 years young, mentally 27. <laughs> I think I just got there. You don't give yourself enough credit. You were saying this the other day, and I was saying there's no way that you could have such an incredible establishment and like not be responsible and mature. <laughs> so you you should give yourself a little bit more credit because you have one of the best spots in yeah. Bed-Stuy. And Yelp knows and I, it. That's, my, I think, my biggest focus and challenge right now is how to be nicer to myself, to give myself credit. That's the thing I need to focus on right now. It's the thing that's hurting my relationships. It's the, it's really like trying to gain this perspective on knowing that the nicer I am to myself, that's actually how I can show up for other people. And I have to be nice to myself first. And, um, 
that's something I was not taught. I don't think, uh, I was taught a lot of shame. I was, I grew up in a religious environment. I grew up in a repressed place where I was not felt understood. I felt different. I felt judged. I felt neglected. So I have so much unlearning to do and I have Mm -hmm. to be the parent for myself now that I didn't have then. You said that the other night when we were talking and you were like, every day I just like say to little me, like, you are so great. It's okay. And I'm going also through, you and I are similar in the way that we both, like, I just left a really long-term relationship. It's not divorce, but it was basically a divorce. We were together for 14 years. So I think that you and I, in terms of looking at our lives from this new perspective where I mean, I look at it like I we've got the whole second half of my life yeah. to now go, you know, and your girl's looking better right? than ever. So we are, hot. We are so hot. <laughs> I, I, you can see this on the podcast. I hope your fans know how hot you are. They do. <laughs> <laughs> the baddies know. But that's like what I love is that I've never looked better at 37. And it's because it just took time. You know, it's like life doesn't begin, I don't think, really until after your 30s. And 100%. That's what you wanted to know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm having a huge awakening in so many uh, ways. I did go through a huge divorce. So that this last year and a half was like the dark night of the soul. It's still coming out of that and so much stuff that I didn't realize was not processed um, and was damaging the, the that 15 year relationship um, in certain ways not that he's a hundred percent innocent you know where we met when we were I just had a, got out of college I went to film school met him through a friend and immediately fell in love like so quickly I proposed to him after two months of dating I just knew um, wow. I already knew him as like a friend, but like my body was, was like psh, my intuition, my everything was just like, no, that's that's it. And um, and I was correct. It really was like a beautiful, beautiful relationship. And we're still very close. And like we run the bar together. We opened up that business together and have a continuing relationship. And I'll be I'm going to dinner with him tonight. And it's, it's going to be the two of us. It's going to be so cute. I'm so excited. That's awesome. So we'll always love each other and be and we're family at this point. But. <laughs> To get to this point took the, it was the most difficult thing I've ever done. Building that bar compared to walking through the dark night of my soul, I could build 17 bars, even though people are like, you built a bar during COVID? That's insane. No one could ever do that. And I was like, I am really strong, but like to face your childhood traumas and walking through is something that for me, at least, is just such a wild, important thing. I think mindfulness uh, was, it was not given to me. All, all it was given, I was taught was shame and expectations. And, um, and I was operating from that mm. place. Once I moved into this place, uh, I had to find a new apartment because we split 15 years, blah, blah, blah. We opened this business. He wanted to open up the relationship. And this is very common with queerness. Like it always comes to that. Like you're going to have to be open at some point. Probably <laughs> that's just kind of like the New York thing. If you're not open, you're closed, mm. which I don't think is true. It's just like, it's just probably going to come up at some point. And I do find that like, that is what I want. Uh, at, at first I, I said, no, I screamed. I like fucking threw stuff. I was mad. I was like, I could not handle it. That was an unmended version of myself also. Um, mm. But Obviously, I wanted him happy. I'm not going to like keep somebody in a cage. And um, 
But I was like, first, let's just open this bar. I was in the middle of building the bar. And I was like, I can't even fathom that right now. Like, literally, like, I've never been... Because I was, like, in charge of the build-out and design. That was my main thing and um, my main contribution. Mm. So, I was busier than him times 50,000. Yes. And I was like, let, let me just do this thing. And I felt so insecure at that point. I had not worked on my body. I had not worked. So, I was like, let's just come back to that. And then we did open the bar. And it was a huge success, even despite being during COVID, but we offer so all night skate and it's like a roller rink theme bar and the us opening to the public on the outside of the place with like gave us actually more visibility in the neighborhood and people that it, we offer that kind of like return to innocence escapism kind of vibe, which is exactly what people needed at that moment. So we were really we, we, we took off immediately and it was really beautiful and great. So we're riding that success. We're happy. I'm feeling better. I work, I'm working on my body again. And COVID actually kind of saved my life. I was working like five jobs while doing that build out. And then the lockdown gave me the space to like stop and really like work on my health. And so I did that. Mm -hmm. I felt more confident than ever. The bar was great. I was like, now we can talk about messing around with other couples, which we've done before. And then like, talking to other poly people or open relationship people and they're like talking about boundaries. So we did that, had our boundaries set up and then I was like, okay, I feel good in this, that this could be a lot of fun. And then, so we did that. And then I found great happiness in it. And I started going on like dates a lot. And I, I love dating. I'm all in this industry. I love food. I love beverage. And then I, all these parts of myself that I'd kind of forgotten about, I was like, Oh, I'm fucking cool. Like I heard because you're mm -hmm. in a relationship for so long, it's like the same context. So you get kind of, you lose yourself. Yeah. You, well, the way that they see you, the, that, that reflection is kind of like, you kind of adhere to like this one kind of dimension of yourself yes. and you kind yes. of, that identity becomes kind of a little flat and, mm -hmm. um, opening up and going on other dates. I was like, oh, people are asking different types of questions. And all of a sudden you're like, oh wait, I forgot about all this different parts of myself. And that's beautiful. And different types of, you know, sexual experiences are like, that's, that's, I felt alive. And I was like, this is awesome. And I felt, I, you know, we have moments of jealousy and insecurity, but, and I was like, oh, I feel pings of it. But like Danny and I were so solid that it really was not, I, I had celebrated it, you know, and we would even play together. But then we started to like, have boyfriends at first it was like no repeat visits or no blah 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 but then all of a sudden your boundaries kind of just start disappearing because you're like oh actually that that doesn't really affect me that's cool like i want to see that person again too blah 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 so then we ended up having consistently a boyfriend each having a boyfriend and then time went by and then he was starting to act weird and uh he couldn't sleep sex was dwindling and i was like what is going on this has been like a certain amount of time without sex i was like that's a big I'm very, very sexual. So I'm like, no, this is not. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, something, I knew something was up. Yeah. So he was like, I've fallen in love. Like I fell in love with him and uh, I want to move in with him. Well, before that, I'd sensed things and I'd looked on his phone. Every time I've ever done that, I've only done that like twice in our relationship. And every time it was exactly what I had kind of suspected finding, mm -hmm. which was like them ruminating about, oh, we should all move in. We can have a house together, blah, blah, blah. And things that I see as a threat. I, I think we were just new. We probably could have survived this whole thing if we had been more experienced with polyamory. And like, I could have just celebrated that love. I'm like, cool, more love for us. Awesome. And I think 
I'm learning more about that. Anyway, I'm so sorry. No, I love this because I think not to cut you off, but the thing that I love about this most is that like you are describing a journey that can't happen without having gone through it. Do you know what I mean? Like this all takes time. It takes time to learn this about yourself, to learn this about other people. Like, and it it took you 15 years, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what this whole series is about is just about how great life is, I think, and how, you know, difficult, but also beautiful and encouraging and different. Like one of the things that you and I spoke about, speak about a lot, I think, is just different ways of looking at love and how like you're open. And I was like, girl, I could never be open. And you're like, all right, that's all right. But like, it's perfect for me. And it's been really interesting for me to learn more about a different type of relationship that is outside of like what I've ever known. And then to look at the way that that shapes who you are. And I I really admire that you're looking at yourself and saying like, okay, here, like, I want to love more. And I'm feeling really triggered. So like, what does that mean? You know, whereas I guess it's like, I'm not interested in doing that, maybe, but what would it look like if I did? I just admire that, like, you're interested in going that deep with yourself and really exploring the bounds of love and relationships and what that looks like for you successfully. Yeah, I am a warrior. I like I, I I've always just been kind of an extremist. You see my bar, it literally is like my my wheels turn so fast in my head. It's like it's like so frustrating. It's my it's my special gift, but it's could be my it's quickly my worst enemy. So I'm learning to it wants to like judge itself and blah 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 blah. So like if I have an artistic project like that then I, I can like blow everyone's mind because it's like now it's being turned in the right direction. So I have a gift for sure. But like, at first I fought the openness, but then I was like realizing how many benefits I got from it. And then now I don't want to give that up, but I work, I'll do the work like just as much as so I'm a, I'm a warrior. I like, I work my ass off internally. <laughs> and so it's like, I might as well like take the challenge of doing that same kind of spinning my wheels for, for a relationship and seeing how much I can get out of it. But then anyway, to finish the story about the relationship stuff, cause it gets thick. If you don't mind, as long as you don't mind sharing with us. Oh no. I, so he's falling in love and then he wanted to, he mentioned moving out and I was like, in I was like, okay, I didn't even know if that meant we're breaking up. I didn't even know, but I was like, okay. And then that same week he goes to a concert and um, he bikes everywhere and on his way home, a car hits him and he gets pinned underneath the car. <gasps> All the ribs, everything here, so many lacerations. He has, he's blacked out. He doesn't remember any of the incident. I get a call. I'm at skate and it's like my worst nightmare. Both my worst nightmares mm-hmm. came true in the same week. Oh God. Him announcing about leaving. And then I've always, every time he's biking, um, and meeting me somewhere, I'm always like, okay, oh, fuck. I hope this is not the day. I hope this is not the day. Because if he's late, I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And yeah. um, For people who might not know, biking in New York City is like a different – it's a different sport in and of itself. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's in a league of its own. You've got to be defensive and aggressive and cars treat you like you're another car. It's just wild. They it's don't really treat wild. you like another car. They literally do not see you and they don't care. Mm. And you have mm. to treat everything as such as that they don't see you or care. So it's really because I was doing it with him and mm. I've had so many close calls that I'm like, I can't, I just, and now after this, I was like, fuck no. I was like, yeah, not worth it. I can just walk the 10 minutes to work. 
I biking is fun, but I'll go on like a trail or straight to whatever. I just no, not worth it. No. So anyway, I have to take care of him in the hospital. So he's in the hospital, um, and I'm freaking the fuck out, obviously. And now everything is on hold with our relationship. So he's surviving. He's and I have his partner with me, and we're very close. We've even messed around too. Like it's this is what I'm learning, like. Queer people actually have this community, and I've realized that's what I'm really gaining from all this. And it was great because I had him to, like, tag team taking care of him while we're in the hospital. Because we realized that's what really matters. Like, no matter what happens with our relationships, we're all here to, like, fucking take care of each other. And that was, like, a great, beautiful bonding experience for, for me and his new partner to deal with that trauma. And we did so very well and made him so, so happy. We were like dressed his room up with all these Christmas lights and it was so sweet. And then they were all like, he's kicking ass. And um, it's literally so much to do with how much you guys are here. Oh my God. That's what really gets people out of here faster. It's it's just the truth, like love. And and then oh my, uh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry. No, I'm, I'm like trying to hold it back. This is, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's so beautiful because now I'm seeing like the other side. Like I've never... I've never understood why somebody would want this, you know, honestly. I'm open to – I don't judge, but I just never understood it. And seeing – listening to this, just like, oh, my God, that's why. There's so much love. Yeah, that much like, love healed him faster. I haven't even put that together, too, in my head. But that's, like, a benefit, literally, of yeah. having multiple lovers. You have more love, and it's not a threat to each other. It literally only lifts each other up, and, and it bonded the three of us. And we'll never, ever – like – forget that and what it our relationship is was strengthened you know yeah even though we were like we're not going to be domestic partners anymore it was still another way for us to bond and love and we still love each other so intensely um it doesn't have to look a certain way it just changes forms and i still have my relationship with danny i'm not i didn't lose him um it's just situationally different and that's what i'm learning about all relationships are and you have to just kind of you don't own anybody you and and giving that space like is the practice like giving all relationship space and standing firm in yourself lets bigger love into your love and that's real love and Mm -hmm. um i'm learning about that so anyway he gets out of the hospital i have to take care of him in the apartment that we live in because we have an elevator and um robert is his partner didn't didn't have that so he got on his feet we got him on his feet um it took a while took like a month um, he was in the hospital for a month and a half and like, wow, I see you, uh, crazy. He had to relearn to do walking, all the stuff like, but he's kicking wow. ass now. He's amazing. And you would never know. Honestly, I, I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, like he doesn't, I'm, maybe because I just see him like working, you know what I mean? I don't know him intimately, but like, I, as far as I can see, he doesn't like walk with a limp or have any like visible scars or anything. So it's like that. That's why I was so shocked when you said that. I was just, yeah. I had no idea. No, he's working really hard and he's like exercising every day. He, uh, he's, I'm so proud of him. And, um, I do thank God for him. Like, and I wanted him to survive. Like a lot of people would be like, oh, your ex. You're like, oh, he got hit by a bus. Sweet. <laughs> <With their ex>. <laughs> 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 out of sight, out of mind. No, that's not yeah. me at all. And, um, that's not who I am. And I, I, I saw me show up in this beautiful way. And I know that that was my truth. And I was like, God damn, I am fucking beautiful. I like to show up for someone who's leaving you. I'm like, this is like saint kind of things. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have to find you're that saint version of yourself that is higher. And um, 
I love doing it. I love a challenge, but um, I hope God is graceful enough to like not put me into too many of these situations because yeah, I yeah, I can only handle so much. I'm, I'm very exhausted. Was this last year? Yeah, the May before. In this next May, it'll be two years. So wow, it's been a year and a half. And um, so then anyway, he moves out after he's on his feet. I found an apartment really close to my old place. I still have like my side boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's weird. He moves in with Robert. And then I guess I'm doing okay because people are like, how are you? And I'm like, I, get, I think I'm fine. Like literally, like I've, I did the thing. I've cried a lot. I'm, I'm on my feet. I'm functioning. I'm, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then I move into my new place. I get my, this room set up that I'm sitting in right now. And the winter hits. It's like a couple months after. And I know everything's settled. I'm in my place. And then all of a sudden it's like, Bam, nothing. You have not dealt with one bit of this. It's literally the most dark thing that I've ever felt. Uh, I, I felt this gigantic monolith of blackness that was like, here it comes. And it's it's moving up. And I literally, I could feel what was about to happen. Psychically, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, it's grief. And I had not walked through it. And like my body was in survival mode, so it wouldn't let that happen. But I was like, you have not processed this yet at all. And now mm-hmm. you have to do this. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like literally like, it was just moving up. And I was like, huh, huh. and I started like, it was like a manic depression. Like I have anxiety. I have like severe anxiety since I was a kid. Anxiety is also a habit. So you learn, it's a learned thing. I know it's not like a diagnosis, but I um, have experienced anxiety much through my life and had to deal with it. Me too. My reaction a lot of times is its default is anxiety. And that is mm-hmm. something I work on. I am not anxious. I am not anxiety. I've learned to not identify feelings with my identity. You know, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel anxious. I'm not anxious. Yeah. So going through this depression, now I'm freaking the fuck out. I don't know how to handle this. I'm manic. I don't know how to deal with this. And I was like, can I do this as fast as possible? You know, like (laughs) literally like I'm just like, I don't know. I've never done this before. I've never dealt with grief. No, I know what you mean. I, I know exactly what you mean because I left my partner and although I wanted it, it's interesting because as you were talking about an, like an open relationship, I loved my partner. I just wasn't in love with him anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was just needed to grow in ways that I couldn't in the relationship anymore. Yeah. And so at first I like wanted to be friends. I, I wanted to, to be what you three were, do you know? Yeah. Um, me with my relationship, him with his relationship. And he made that impossible to do because he did some really terrible things, but. Yeah. That's beside the point. I'm sorry. And so when I left, people would be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you should be saying congratulations. I'm yeah. so happy. I've like never wanted this more. Da, da, da. But then like six months later, it was like, oh, but this. Mine is realizing that I had been in a toxic relationship for so long and realizing like all the parts of my life that it fell apart while I was there. So yeah. it was like, it was, I mean, it's the same. It's the same dark night of the soul. It's the same just like, who am I? What's happening? What's next for me? Do I deserve love? Am I deserve it? Did I deserve that? I get it. It's all yeah. grief. This is what I was learning. As a student of love, it's the back door of love. It's just as disorienting as falling in love. It's in reverse. It's this strange, mm. um, and it's just as disorienting when coming back into your own heart. And especially like on my side, obviously it was a little harder when you're the one being left because you, you're always ruminating on what did I do wrong? My little brain just loves to blame itself. How do I fix? How do I prepare for not things to hurt me mm. is my default. And I'm trying to change that. So 
thank God I found spiritualism. So that is what was amazing about this, my roommate and where I found myself. His house is just full of books on healing and spiritualism. And um, it's something I never, growing up in a religious environment, I always shunned any kind of thing that smelled like religion. Um, I was not spiritual at all. But right now in that desperation where I was literally like go, the grief is rolling through me and I'm I'm literally so disoriented. You know, obviously I had counseling and I was getting medicine because I was like, oh, okay, what, you know, I was like, uh, thank God I found Klonopin. I would do an ad for Klonopin. I could be the poster child. <laughs> Going from I can't move, the whole world is spinning. There's a blue sky in front of me that I cannot access mm. to take a Klonopin and 20 minutes later, you're like, Oh, what shirt am I going to wear to work? Mm -hmm. What a miracle. Yeah, no, I tell people this often because, I mean, at some point or another in life, you're going to go through grief. You're going to feel what depression feels like. Even yeah. if you don't stay in a depressive state, you're going to feel that. You're going to feel grief. Yeah. And I've I've had some friends that are going through some of like the worst things, like beyond what you and I are talking about, just like some of the worst yeah. things that you can imagine. Yeah. And, you know, having to be really open and say like, look, antidepressants, couldn't recommend them enough. <laughs> and it's because exactly what you just said, it just made, for me, it just made me able to move through life. It didn't, like the grief didn't stop me and keep me in bed. I was able to just get through life, just get up and just be able to function. Yeah. And, and then the grief is still there, but you can move through it. It doesn't paralyze you. Yeah. And so I just say that because I know there's a lot of stereotypes and misconceptions and um people think it's a weakness people say that it's a yes. weakness to have to do it and i'm like you know what's a fucking weakness is we're living in a society that does not make sense like mm -hmm. i really do believe that especially like american western culture we operate in a way that is very not natural to to the human <laughs> you know the human body and our animal nature is totally mm -hmm. there's so many things that we are having to do that it makes us so neurotic i mean that's from the beginning of psychology, like Freudian, he's like, yeah, like <laughs> the problem is us. It's it's our societies making us do all sorts of things that make us severely neurotic. The medicine is kind of the balance of that. Mm -hmm. I think we're still evolving. And I feel like the polyamory, all this stuff is actually like it threatens the way society operates. So that's why it's being very shunned. It's like all these things that are like beautiful and bright threaten the ego. And I feel like it's the same dynamic that's going on inside your head is what's happening with the world. I feel like where everything is just a, a mirror. Mm -hmm. And right now the ego is winning in America. And that is shown in like, but you know that there's this like love and brightness and connection and this way more beautiful thing that hopefully wins in the end. It's way stronger than ego, but we are such a sucker for ego that um, we feel like we have to make systems that protect us, relationships that bind us that give us false security, but it's not, it's, and, and that's the problem. All right. Sorry to cut you off, but I got to underline something that you said, because systems that protect us, as you're saying this, all I can think is that the reason that they're so threatened is because queerness, and this is the same, Malcolm X was saying this, the greatest threat in America or the least protected person in America is the black woman, because queerness and uh, women having autonomy is a direct threat to the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. And the patriarchy the American patriarchy is to have uh, the man in charge, 
women to be so weak that they can't leave, they can't run away, they can't do anything. And so if you're taking the the nuclear family, you as a polyamorous person and turning it on its head, me as a black woman trying to kick ass in the world, we're a direct threat to that. Exactly. And that's why you're but systems that are put into place, you said it. The patriarchy, this it's it's exactly what you're talking about. But they're doing it because they're Afraid. And, Afraid, and, yes, and exactly. And that's what I'm learning is the ego comes from a place of fear and lack. And then, but when you tap into your abundance <laughs> in the place of love where real love exists, it is expansive. It does not own, it, it doesn't need that kind of security uh, because it sees that it's an illusion. Yes. And there's something more powerful. So I've, so anyway, found these books on healing, doing all this reading, and now I was very disoriented. I mean, I'm already going through grief and stuff. So, spun out and then my friend hands me this book untethered soul and my brain kind of blows up as it's like really breaks down that you are not your body like you like if you cut your arm off is that still you it's like no you're you're not your body you experience a body Mm. and like it keeps breaking it down and then it's also exposes that you have a voice inside your head that's not you either Mm. you experience thoughts but you are the experiencer. That's the real you. And it separates that. And that's, this is the foundation of, okay, now we can start like realize also when you listen to that voice inside your head, it's an, it's an insane person. It's, <laughs> it, it's like personify it, put it next to you. Pretend from now on that that voice is someone who's just sitting next to you. You would be like, this is the fucking most annoying person I've ever met. Shut the fuck up. Like literally, like it would drive you crazy. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. I've, I've, uh, not to make it all about me, but I've had to do the same unlearning. And there's a part of you that had to learn that lesson. So I think that's why you're attracting it, is because there's something in your enlightenment journey that it's going to help. So all to bring you to closer to enlightenment. You did learn something, and that's beautiful. Totally. Beauty baddies, right now we're talking about intrinsic aging, and I'm so happy to have support for today's episode from OneSkin. If you've been on the hunt to find a skincare product that actually delivers what they promise, aka they actually are going to help your skin look and feel great, OneSkin has what you've been searching for because of their disruptive approach that actually targets skin aging at the source. I'm talking about their groundbreaking peptide, the S1 peptide, which is scientifically proven to prevent the accumulation of aged senescent cells. Last episode, we talked about these zombie cells. They are wild, and they're the primary culprit behind skin aging. So the S1 peptide has actually been proven in the lab to reduce the biological age of skin by several years. That's so great because it means that not only does it prevent, but it slows down the skin aging process, which leaves you with healthier, more hydrated and glowing skin. And I just said, that's what we want, right? So for a limited time, beauty baddies can enjoy an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code TRUEBEAUTY when you check out at oneskin.co. The holidays are here, y'all, and it's the perfect opportunity to invest in your skin health routine and give your skin something that it can truly be grateful for. Also, why not give it for a gift? I love to give people skincare for gifts because y'all know it's expensive and it's such a great little way to say, I want you to look great with me as we age. I love OneSkin because their products are going to improve my barrier. Y'all know that I have an implant barrier, so I'm always looking for products that are going to help to strengthen that. It helps to keep my skin hydrated, especially during these dry winter months. I need all of the hydration I can get. 
It's great for my sensitive skin and it's fragrance free. So I love that I can just work it in with my entire regime and you can pick and choose and mix and match and make the routine that works best for you. Baddies, One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. One Skin addresses skin health at the molecular level, targeting the root cause of skin aging so it feels and appears younger. It's time to get started with your new face, eye, and body routine at a discounted rate today. Get 15% off with the code TRUEBEAUTY at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code TRUEBEAUTY. Now is the time to invest in your skin and age healthy with OneSkin. Anyway, I feel so insane. The ship's going down. I'm freaking the fuck out. Please help me. And they're like, try meditation. It's like, okay, okay, I'm, I'll, bye. I gotta, I'm gonna do it right now. Because I was like, I want to live. Mm-hmm. But it really feels like I don't want to right now. The most intensely I've ever felt. Yeah. So then I started meditating. And my world just kind of like changed as I know it. And it's funny because it's like my therapist is also saying, yeah, you should do that. Oh, well, it's, so it's like, it's not this like even just spiritual thing. It's just getting down into your subconscious and, and giving it space to, to ruminate and to talk to and to um, clarify because the biggest problem that we have is adopting the idea of a suffering self. And this is what's beautiful. <laughs> and I talked to you about this before at the bar. But what's great is that we're all born of only love and light. That is literally the truth. So that is the core of everything you are. Everything else comes from an unmended trauma that was either passed down from someone like a parent or whatever. And and you can go into any situation and feel, even when you felt like the victim in it, which is always, you know, the case, I thought that I was being left and it's like, no, I'm not being left. Someone's heart is opening to somebody else and he's being truthful to you. He's opening up to you. Look at the other dimensions of what's happening. No one's mm. abandoning you. He's also staying your friend he's trying to keep this relationship you are also like you have to go back to it so that you don't just ascribe hey i'm this person who's like being abandoned or i'm the you know like so you can go mend these things and then bring it down to love and light that's like that's what um even your parents when they were like quote unquote like abandoning you the thing is that they were actually coming from insecurities of their own they were too busy chasing each other because they had their own mended unmended stuff and then you can like go into those scenes and realize that you were not being abandoned and they love you more than anything. They hadn't done the work to mend themselves, but you can do it. And and we take on like traumas passed down. So take the responsibility to, to mend it and see it and break You can keep breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down. Like, and then it just goes to everyone being love and light. And that is it. It's wild. And you can just make it a practice. And you find all this like sympathy, you know, for the people that were hurting you. And then you only want to wish them well. That's the spiritual path that I'm on right now. And I'm, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and it also shows how sweet I am. But I didn't believe that, you know, and um, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it somewhere down. But like there's a voice, the voice wants to, the ego wants to say that I'm like a manipulative person or a whatever. And, um, but I'm like, no, bitch, I am stronger than that. I will work through and I'll, I'll, I'll walk through those places where you're calling me those names. And I was like, and I realized every time that what my ego is when I break it down is a scared kid. Um, with yeah. one of those unmended things, one of, one of those unmended traumas. And so I just go into that scene and 
the ego presented itself as this big scary thing and he's a shapeshifter he's fucking creative as fuck because he's just as creative. <laughs> but he's the deepest darkest creative part of myself but i know who's, it's literally like the wizard of oz i know behind that wizard thing it's this curtain and it's literally just this scared wizard of oz is like literally was always my favorite film and it, i'm from kansas and the more I live my life, it's literally my story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, going off to New York and that's Emerald City. I, I live in Emerald City. I love that. I love this journey that you shared with us today because it was so beautiful. And I'm going to start crying and really touching and really just, I think, is the story of so many of our lives in different ways. Yeah. I think we're all going to live through something similar and have to go through these. If we want to be healed humans, we have to go through these steps. And you can always meet somebody who hasn't gone through it, who hasn't gone through these steps to heal themselves. And you're just like, once you are healed, it's so obvious. Or once you are on that healing journey, I should say, we're never healed. Once you're on that healing journey, it's so obvious when you see other people who haven't even tried. It's just so bizarre to me. This is my, uh, my goal. You know, like I'm an artist, I'm a filmmaker. I'm, you know, I have aspirations with all those things, but literally my humanitarian goal is I want to put mindfulness in schools when like from the beginning, this should be taught. Um, and I can't believe that it's not. I think it's also like our society is like that ego driven thing. They don't want us to do that because the field mm-hmm. people are the ones that have all the, that gives them power. Yes. Um, I feel like maybe that's threatening them, but they've done studies with like where they have kids um, meditate mm-hmm. and it, and they are doing the same curriculum as another group of students that is not. And they excel like times 50. Yeah. <laughs> Much. Quicker. Yeah. We, we need to evolve. We're trying to think of as a whole, we need to evolve in that. And I, I just, I can't believe like I, it took me until I'm 41 to like learn this shit and learn what I was carrying around. I had no idea. I thought I was a pretty fucking cool dude. <laughs> but girl, you know, we have so much trauma. I mean, like everyone does, but obviously we have so much shame. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm happy to be queer. Obviously, it comes with so many frustrations because it's over-sexualized too sometimes to a crazy point where because uh, so many gay men are, we were so repressed so that it becomes o- like everything's kind of overly sexualized because it's that the pendulum is swinging, you know, mm-hmm. you repress that. So it's going to, we're going to like beat. And, and that kind of exhausts me because then I'm like, okay. I mean, and I'm, I'm very, very, very sexual. So mm-hmm. I get it, but I'm like, I sometimes like get exhausted by it, always having to talk about it with the group of friends. And it's like the context of every party. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. sometimes I miss straight people. when when danny and i were together we when danny and i were together for like 15 years we kind of only hung out with straight people because i was kind of like uh that seems a little too flamboyant like that's not my thing um and i think for good reason but i was also missing out on the party and i think that we could have been so much more liberated there's a happy balance but i feel like I can sense it's, that it is still off balance because we're coming, it's coming from repression. I think it'll all level out and everyone will just chill the fuck up and, and just be humans together. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think anyone's hundred percent, anything gay, straight or whatever. And that's why I'm really proud about the bar. I created it in that light where it's like, it's not, everyone's like, is it a gay bar? Is it a gay bar? And I'm like, no, it is just a place of liberation. You could walk in there gay and leave straight. 
And that would be great because you just <laughs> came closer to whatever you are at that moment. It's a transient, like we're transformative beings and, and, and um, we need to get be lighter, get to our kid self that has actual all the answers because it's just love and light so that you can feel free to explore and play. One of the things that I told you this recently, one of the reasons I love your bar so much is because everybody goes there. <laughs> it's it's a bar for everybody. And I, and like we look, we kind of live in the hood. Yeah. And so it's like my cousin calls <laughs> my cousin calls it the pink palace because it's uh-huh. like this big bright pink building on the corner of Bed-Stuy. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can't miss it, no. but everybody goes in there. Yeah. Hood dudes, hood girls, mm-hmm. like straight people, gay people, trans people. Yeah. Like it's just everybody's there and everybody's like intermingling, having a good time. I was there recently just like picking up food because I'm like from the early crowd. So whenever mm-hmm. it's like packed, which is all the time, I'm like shocked. Mm-hmm. And I just heard like these bros like, hey man, this bar is pretty cool. I just want a bunch of stuff in the arcade. <laughs> 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 but it's like, congratulations because you really, you did it. It's a great, great place. And it's honestly my, f- I've never had a, a cheers before. And now I feel like your bar is my cheers. Oh. Appreciate that. And you you made it. You made it incredible. Thank you so much for sharing so much of your journey on, on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Will you tell everybody where they can find you, what your Instagram handle is? Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, it's at Kid A Colors, K-I-D-A-C-O-L-O-R-S, um, like the Radiohead album. And the All Night Skate Instagram? It's just at All Night Skate. Awesome. And we're in bed off the Chauncey JMZ um, on Marion and Rockaway. It's 54 Rockaway Avenue. And it's so cute in there. It's like saved by it's the very bell, fucking cool. fantasy realness, uh, unjudgmental <laughs> neighborhood bar. It's really sweet. So it's like, I'm so proud. And I'm so happy to find you in it. Like this. Yes, me like, too. It's, it's a place of enlightenment. It's a place of liberation and sweetness and fun. It's the best. Thank you, Mitch. Yeah. I'll see you in a couple hours. Yes. I'm not even joking. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Thank you. All right. Cheers. All right, beauty baddies. What did you think of my conversation with Mitch? Isn't he incredible? Just such an incredible soul. I was so, so grateful for him to have been so candid with us today and to share so much of himself. And, you know, that's one of the things I love about this podcast and something I realized was missing when I was thinking about what I wanted to do next. It was, what was missing was having incredible conversations with people that change the way that I view the world and offer something different and insightful that I otherwise wouldn't have known into life, you know? And that's what I loved, loved, loved about our conversation with Mitch. He truly opened my eyes to a way to love and be loved that um, is, I just think is incredible and so beautiful. And it's, it's a completely different way that I'd th- thought about it before. So thank you, Mitch, for coming on to the show and for sharing all of your wisdom with the baddies today. So guys, that's it for this week. Again, if you found any value in today's show, please do me a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help grow the baddie community. Y'all can DM or email your listener letters and beauty baddie moments of the week on Instagram at the True Beauty Podcast or truebeautypodcast at gmail.com. You can follow my personal Instagram. I'm at the Brown Elizabeth Taylor. And that's it. I'll see y'all next week. Bye. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.